Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with my co-host, producer Dave. And today we're going to be talking episode four of the Amazon Prime show, Gen V. Today's episode is entitled The Whole Truth. And before we get going, no matter what feed you're listening on, whether it's our The Boys feed or Gen V feed or Benchtown TV feed, I do want to reroute you over to our flagship Benchtown TV feed. Uh, there you can find all of our other shows that we cover. Other than that, go over to BenchtownTV.com. That has our entire catalog of shows that we have previously covered. As you may have noticed, there's only two of us today. There were three of us on the last episode. That is a product of our own success. We are covering too many shows right now. The House of Usher, uh, Gen V, obviously, The Wheel of Time, Jujutsu Kaisen. There's only seven of us, and there's too much to podcast on. So you're going to have to settle for me and Dave today for Gen V. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, our Discord community is popping off. We are growing by the numbers steadily, slowly, but surely. So if you like what you hear, you want to engage with us, ask us questions, find our Benchtown TV Discord and join the discussion. But on to episode four. This was, of course, a good episode. I think we're at the point where the quality of the boys and now Gen V is just good. I'm always going to enjoy these episodes. Probably the slowest and my least favorite of the four episodes. We do get this great introduction to the character Tech Knight, who is cool in a lot of ways. I love his power. Uh, I think I was reading he's he's kind of a parody of both Iron Man and Batman mixed together, and he's got this pa- super power of deduction. Um, and actually, I was reading that's actually not exactly how he's depicted in the comic books, but maybe that's a discussion for another time. Other than that, I feel like all of our characters were kind of just taking a breath and trying to reconvene after the episode three, where Emma obviously went to Sam was crawling through a guy's brain um and now andre kate marie were kind of just going through the motions at school trying to tread water during this tech night investigation it was interesting it was good i was into it um but probably my least favorite episode of the first four in my opinion but i'm gonna flip it over to dave what are your thoughts I really like this episode. Like you said, B. Tom's with the boys. You're never really going to get a bad episode. I would agree that it was probably one of the slower episodes, but I've been recommending the show to everyone that I know. One of our friends, Dean, is a big The Boys fan, um, and he really didn't have an interest in watching Gen V, which I kind of understand. Like spinoffs are, you know, they're overwhelming nowadays. They do tend to overrun a lot of like these newer hit TV shows, but this one. I don't even consider a spinoff. This feels like season 3.5. Like it just feels like the implications that we have in this universe are going to just directly affect what's going to happen in like our actual The Boys universe. So I've been recommending anyone who loves The Boys should absolutely watch this show. But yes, Tech Knight was a great character. Loved his introduction. Even though this was a slower episode, there's still enough twists that the show can provide us, whether it be with like character relationships or just character development in general, that it makes me feel like I'm always on the edge of my seat. This was only 45 minutes, so it did feel pretty quick, but definitely excited to get into the discussion of this episode. For sure. So I'm thinking we should just jump right into it. I don't have an executive summary. We're going to have to wait for Paul to get back to give us a nice overhaul of the entire episode. So we're just going to dive right in. Um, 
I don't think this episode jumps around too, too much. So I think we're just going to rip it from start to finish chronologically in order. So let's get into it. Uh, We are going to start exactly where we left off in episode three, maybe a little bit fast forward because Sam and Emma have already broken out of the woods and we saw Emma take care of that one guard. But apparently Sam got out of his containment cell and worked an entire platoon of these Vought guards i guess and shetty dean shetty is just looking over the remnants of the massacre and she's like okay we might have a problem here but before she leaves she gets the tweezers and picks up a tiny little sneaker come on emma what are you doing how many people are gonna have tiny sneakers the show's gotta throw us an obstacle at some point everything just can't always go so smoothly for our heroes so Of course, she finds the little shoe, and I was completely disappointed by it. But thinking back on it now, it's kind of funny that she talks. She's talking to Doctor Cardosa, I believe his name is here, and she makes a reference. Was that Cardosa? I think that was okay. um, That would make sense, yeah. But she makes a reference about Sam skull fucking the guard, basically, because Mm -hmm. she's, and so it's just a theme of, I guess, this episode because we do see Tech Knight skull fucking an actual skull. And he has a tumor in his skull, which pretty, pretty crazy stuff. I don't know what the reasoning is all behind that, but I just feel like the brain and skull references were kind of crazy throughout this episode. Skull fucking is the theme of episode four is what you're trying to say. <laughs> Keep an eye on yep. that. It might come up yep. later. It might be important. <laughs> so stick a pin in that. Um, OK, so Shetty is just looking over this massacre and then elsewhere we flash to Andre, Jordan, Marie and Kate, who are obviously scrambling, trying to put together you know, Andre, why the hell would you put Emma in harm's way like that? That was very stupid. Uh, specifically, Jordan and Kate are the ones that are pumping the brakes, thinking, you know, we are way in over our head. Jordan specifically is immediately pivoting to the new rankings that dropped. And now Andre is still number one, but Marie has moved up to number two. And Andre and Marie can't believe it. They're just like, Jordan, are you kidding me? You're worried about the rankings right now. But to be fair, she's like, oh, that's easy to say from the top of the rankings. Mm -hmm. So it's this very weird thing. And that kind of starts this theme of Jordan being resistant to kind of help out the squad. But it's kind of revealed that she's just scared. And why wouldn't she be? We see what Vaught is capable of, how they can take people down. I really think... um... This emphasizes what I was kind of harping on in the episode one to three recap of that. Just these kids care so much about their social media presence. They are willing to put up these fake fronts of personality and just only focus on these rankings. And we see it here in the midst of cricket being completely missing. Jordan brings up the rankings and it's it's just a flaw that's going to that's affecting them right now. But I think later on, they'll hopefully just look past these rankings and see what the issues is at hand. But I, I love Andre and I do feel bad for him here, but he did fuck up by sending cricket in there. He definitely sent this girl to do something that was way over her head. So Andre's taking an L here, even though I do very much like him as a character, but they are right. Like he should have just he should have just waited. Yeah, absolutely. And I would agree they are in over their head. But like, what else are they supposed to do? Andre has been struggling with this. He kind of had that something. Yeah. 
Yeah, he had that line to his dad where he was like, hey, dad, if I'm like going against my instructions to do something genuinely good, that would be a good thing, right? And of course, the Vought higher up super, uh, excuse me, soups that have been in the game for a while know that that is not the case. Mm-hmm. Be a horrible human being so long as your reputation is intact. Uh, but kind of this new generation of soups that got you right now are trying to do the right thing. And hey, I say have at it, boys. All right. So... While our other heroes are searching for Emma, we catch up with Emma and Sam, who are currently on the run, trying to get as far away from the woods as possible. This entire episode was really just nice development between Emma and Sam. I think we noticed in episode three, whenever they had their first discussion, there was a chemistry there, a rapport that was established immediately. Like, Sam obviously has issues, but like, Emma was very accommodating of those issues, kind of knew how to talk to him, talk him down from the ledge and just exude calmness, which is what Sam needs in his life. So Sam takes her to this uh, dry old drive in movie theater that he used to go with Luke to. And Emma's like, holy shit, did I just kill this guy? That's crazy. And Sam's like, yeah, don't worry about it. He was like the worst human being imaginable. So like he deserved to die. But then Sam's like, all right, there's only one place we can go. We got to find Luke and figure this thing out. He's the strongest. He's the best of us. And Emma's like, Oh my gosh, dude, she has to break the news. Luke is dead. We were talking about this last episode. This was going to be a tough conversation, but actually I'll pat myself on the back. I was like, she had to say what she had to say to like, get him going, you know, get him motivated to leave the woods. But very quickly, they ripped that bandaid off. Emma wasn't withholding that information from him. I think she handled the situation perfectly. Yeah, I really love the relationship of these two. I, I'm definitely rooting for them going forward. I love that she was able to be. I feel like she's going to be stepping into the role of Luke, just the, being the one that's going to be able to calm him down. And I really love that for Emma. There's other ways of being a hero. And this is one way for her to be a hero is by, you know, protecting this guy who is completely lost, who just lost his brother. Maybe is not great mentally, but she can certainly help him out. And I just I absolutely love this relationship. I feel like we can just they don't have much. We can just I feel like crush the next scene with them too. Yeah. Before they get before he goes like to the house, but we can just crush the next scene. So he gets a little bit uncomfortable with how nice Emma is presenting herself to him and he's not really used to that. And so he kind of goes off and wanders off and has this raging moment where he's kind of talking and screaming to himself. He's telling him these voices in his head to stop, I believe. And we get another quick shot later on that he's actually visualizing these characters, Jason Ritter and this like Sesame Street looking character on the television, right? Yeah, I mean, that does happen. I do want to highlight right when she breaks the news that Luke is dead. He starts like pounding the floor, goes in beetle position. He's like, you're just going to leave me like everybody else leaves me. And Emma's like, dude, it's me and you. I promise I'm not leaving you. I think that's very important. Emma's like, everything else is background. It's me and you right now. So they're like very close to each other very quickly. Um, I think the next scene, they are just having more of a heart to heart, kind of like flirty. Um, and then he walks away and starts hearing music in his head or something like that and voices. And then the next scene is where we get this Sesame street style. Was it supposed to be Dr. Cardosa and a puppet of the D? No, it was actually. So the actor is Jason Ritter. I personally am not familiar with his work. I, 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 Mm -hmm. I didn't get it, but his name is Jason Ritter. Actor's actual name is Jason Ritter. And he's screaming at. TV's Jason Ritter yeah. to stop telling him to kill Dr. Cardosa. K is the letter of the day. Like, that's yeah. So, 
I was getting huge black noir vibes here. There's got to be a connection, you think, right? Like, remember, when I Car- wasn't getting any black noir. Why, no, do you, I mean, why do you say that? In terms of the hallucinations, like black noir was seeing like children's oh. cartoon related stuff. Like, I feel like these people uh, that are like kind of messed up in the head, or, or I don't, I don't even want to say that because so, I just feel like these puppet people are really rooted into their childhood. I guess you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit different because I think Black Noir, I think him seeing the cartoons, like the little furry pals or whatever, that was more of his own like defense mechanism. Like that's when things got bad, his little furry buddies would just come in like imaginary friends. I think for Sam, this is more kind of an aspect of his power. Like when he gets detached from reality like this, it I can't really target exactly how it's all connected but i think the schizophrenia him seeing these hallucinations Mm -hmm. him periodically being detached from reality and not really being able to tell what's real and what isn't it's all kind of this swirling storm of his powers and i think this episode we really got to see like little inklings sam is strong he is strong strong and i think someone said uh conversationally that he was like a couple times stronger than luke even was i might be making that up i thought i read that or heard that somewhere but he's no joke i think it was implied that he was stronger than luke Mm -hmm. he doesn't believe that because i I think it's just he obviously has a lack of self-confidence yeah um, so i think he always thought luke was stronger but in reality i think i've always taken it as well that sam was the stronger of the two Mm mm-hmm Anyway, the takeaway from this puppet scene or whatever, number one, the deep was full in gills out mode. Yeah. You are so beautiful to me. Oh, my God. That was so weird. I was, me and Alfie were watching the episode. To, yeah, we were watching the episode together and we were cracking up. I was just so weirded out. If the gills weren't gross enough already, they had to show us in puppet, puppet form, form, which yeah. is just bizarre. But the main, main storyline takeaway is that the voices in Sam's head are telling him to go after this guy and kill Dr. Cardosa, which Mm. kind of to tie this whole Sam and Emma at the drive in movie in a knot just like runs out. He can't handle the voices, even though Emma's saying, yo, relax, let's figure this out. He's like, no, nobody can help. And he just dips. Mm. Um. And in pretty spectacular fashion, too. I mean, he just does that Queen Maeve, like, leap over a building sort of jump. I don't think regular soups are that strong to have that leaping ability. No, I think it is specific to them. It reminded Mm -hmm. me of the Incredible Hulk. I heard somewhere in a video, I guess, watching about Gen V and stuff like that, that they were referencing that the Hulk could jump, like, three miles at a time. Oh, yeah. So... I just pictured that when I see Sam doing this. But yes, I feel like that is an indication of you being like an above average soup. Yeah. All right. So I feel like we can catch up in that final scene where he actually is confronting Cardosa when the rest of the characters catch up Correct. there. So let's rewind back to the beginning. And I believe our first scene at God You is our introduction to Tech mm-hmm. and his show, The Whole Truth. So we see this kind of whole intro sequence. He's like a corny true crime detective, like a like an X Files type of cold case sort of thing. Yeah. I <laughs> I really like Tech Knight's character, at least the superhero aspect. I am not crazy about the later reveal, if I'm being honest. I personally, I really like the introduction to Tech Knight. I right away I knew his power was going to be OP. 
Like he was so he in his own way is strong. And I just wonder, they do say all the time that like, I think even just the regular soups, you know, always will have like super strength or whatever. So I'm just wondering Mm -hmm. if the same applies for tech Knight. I wonder if he, you know, would be super strong. He had the line to Kate in her interview where he's like, you take that glove off, I'll rip your fucking hand off. That leads me to believe that he has some muscle to back up whatever his power is. Okay. I did read in an article. I, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with the boys' uh, source material, but I did read that the original Tech Knight in the comics uh, did not have superpowers. He was supposed to full on be a mix of Batman okay. and Iron Man. He had like a very enhanced tech suit that allowed him to go toe to toe with other superheroes, along with the, he was just super smart with deduction. I wonder if that's the case in the show. It's not, did they even say he has? It's not a power. No one's ever called it a power, right? Yet, um, I mean, interesting. Right? No regular human would be able to tell that there's adrenaline seeping out of poor. Like, I I, guess you're right. Yeah, they are strongly alluding to that he is a soup, which I think is good because otherwise it wouldn't really make sense that he'd be that good. And I think he does reference Shetty as like a regular person in their meeting. I believe he kind of calls her out for just being a regular person where I think Did he? I think so. I'm pretty sure in the in the very first meeting when he's like playing with the glass and talking, yeah. you know, I guess cover that. Well, scene. we are yeah. there right yeah. now. Yeah. So tech after he does his intro filming and God, you like prepping for the episode or whatever. He then goes to Dean Shetty's office and he's in there waiting for her. And he's essentially just saying, hey, so uh what's going on with this whole golden boy situation and she's like okay do you actually need to know or do you already know and it turns out tech knight is privy to the existence of the woods he knows essentially everything he already put together the golden boy figured out that brink was involved with the woods etc etc so tech knight already knows everything and in classic the boy style he's like yeah i already know what's going on but it's our job to make sure none of the regular people ever figure out what's going on um so again just more corruption tech knight is in on it of course and his uh, goal is to throw someone under the bus and dean shetty replies that as long as it's basically not one of the top 5 then he can do whatever he wants the usual misdirection yeah. <laughs> obfuscation find a patsy and ruin their life i'm gonna johnny depp someone so damn hard they're gonna want to crawl into a hole and die that was i couldn't believe the johnny depp reference so soon so so soon. quick so quick <laughs> the boys has always been good with the pop culture oh, yeah. references oh, yeah. um so that's really all it is we find out tech knight knows exactly what's going on and he's just there to find someone to throw under the bus and uh, again she, he's he's this is the introduction he's playing with the glass to the the hole of the glass yeah. <laughs> was, i i noticed it and i was like what is going on like he's very into that and ridiculous then, yeah um and shetty's lasting advice to him or really just telling him she says stay away from the top five because they could be big earners for Vaught. There's a very, very promising crop of top five soups currently at God U. Just don't involve them at all. Quick scene. We have Andre showing up to Kate Storm high as hell. Um, and he's just like, yo, I found out my dad knows about the woods and is pretty okay with it. Doesn't want to do anything about it. And he also just sincerely apologizes for like involving Emma and dangerously going into the woods by himself without any backup. Uh, anything to comment there? 
No, I just like that Andres, my boy Andres, taking responsibility for his actions. I mean, getting high and saying you feel <laughs> sorry isn't maybe the best way of going about it, but at least this is, I guess, a step in the right direction for him. So. Yeah. How do you feel yeah. about Andre and Kate together? I kind of like them as a couple. Yeah, I like him as a couple as well. I mean, at first it felt a little weird because, you know, it is best friend, ex-girlfriend, but I think they do work well together. So I'm rooting for them as well. Cool. All right. Uh, moving on, we have Marie, who is just desperate at this point to find Emma, and she is going to anybody who may be able to help, which she stumbles across Rufus, the local psychic at <laughs> God you, who, while he may seem well-intentioned, has some pretty sinister uh, intentions of his own. Um, she's essentially just trying to ask him for help. Can you locate him? He actually devises, not only are you looking for your roommate, but your sister. And he's like, all right, give me something that she owns. Sit real close to me. And then he transports her to kind of this like mind. Well, I guess he like literally transports them to his dorm room. I'm not sure how that worked. I took it as he used his telepathic powers to, I guess, knock her out. Mm. And then Dra- dragged her to the room to do whatever he was going to do. It, I, I don't. That's we don't have. Jordan we don't have to descri- discuss. That's about why Jordan described him as like human Ruflin. That makes sense. So he knocked her out, took her there. But then like, Jordan that- was watching from behind, so she probably followed and was there to save him. And I think that what happened there is. I mean, this might not be obvious, or it might be mm-hmm. obvious, but it's definitely different than what happened at the very end of the episode with Marie. Being at the house, like all of them being at the house, and then Marie just kind of wakes up to Jordan in her. Do you remember that? Like, I don't know. How can I forget? We're we're gonna get to that in the end. I just want to say I I feel like it might be similar. We're gonna hypothesize about what we think happened for the end of the episode. Blackout could be a little similar, but no, I don't think it's one hundred percent the same. Uh, Though I digress, the way that these events play out is Marie, of course, uses her powers when someone's just hanging dong in a bathrobe and she's waking up from being knocked out. Of course, you're just going to explode this dude's dick. That was so wild. Alki was literally gasping when it happened. (laughs) I mean, they didn't hold any punches, too. They showed it swelling up and stuff. Luckily, Jordan kicks down the door just in time to see it. And she's just like, oh, good job, Marie. You're killing it. (laughs) Of course, they would think of using Marie's power in this way. Like the boys writers. My my mouth was just open agape and I just couldn't believe what was happening. (laughs) Yeah. Classic the boys scene. Perfect tag team coxplosion, baby. Tag team coxplosion. Exactly. Um, But yeah, so that leaves us with Marie and Jordan, and they're just kind of having a talk where what exactly are they talking about? I think now, Jordan brings up the rankings again. She's still like complaining and Marie just like gets in her face and it's just like, you know what, Jordan, you're just scared. You don't in- really care about yeah. the rankings more than the safety of Emma and Sam. You're just scared. And I get it. That's fine. But then Jordan gets serious and she's like, listen, Marie, fucking tech night is on campus right now. And that dude messes people up. OK, do not stick your nose where it's not supposed to be because this tech night guy is scary. They're both in the right. Jordan has every right to be afraid. Obviously, they are very closed off and don't very much like to open up, but they you can definitely tell that they're scared. But Marie also should be a little cautious because of Tech Night yeah. Room in the campus. So they're both in the right. And this is kind of the the birth of the relationship that I 
I didn't see coming, but again, I'm rooting for it. these every couple that we've been introduced to. I'm absolutely rooting for this one. Might be my favorite so far, though. But anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. Perfect tag team coxplosion. <laughs> Love it. All right. So moving on, we're going to catch up with uh, Tech Knight again, who is starting to conduct his interviews of all the people close to Golden Boy just to try and glean information as to what happened. Why did this kid kill himself? That's the question everybody's dying to hear. And we start off with a double interview with Andre and Polarity. And then this whole scene is flashing between Tech Knight's interviews one-on-one with Jordan and then one-on-one with Kate, too. And he's just trying to break them, asking them uncomfortable questions. And as we already know, Andre is not in the mood. And he's right there with his dad, Polarity, who he is not in the mood to even be around at all. And Polarity is just given the vault script just saying obviously golden boy just couldn't handle the pressure and andre's like fuck that no he was stronger than all of us that wasn't it which isn't what you want to be saying you don't want to give tech knight anything to latch on to and when the words leave his mouth how long have you been eating golden <laughs> golden boy's girlfriend toll oh my i <laughs> got so uncomfortable immediately when he brought this up i was like this guy is going to kill me. He, he just made me so uncomfortable in this moment because he just, mm-hmm. he knew he, he hit the soft spot and then Andre gets very defensive. Uh, I just, I couldn't believe it. This is where I made the note that he was legitimately overpowered. It's like, an awesome power. I, I really he's not going to do work against yeah. Homelander. I think Homelander would not give any signs of, too many signs away, but I think, I think I would want this guy on any superhero team. Oh yeah, like I would seven? want him as the a seven. seat on the seven. And I actually yeah. read that I think in the original comics he was a founding member of Payback, which was Soldier Boys. Remember from the boys, oh, Soldier Boys okay. original superhero group was called Payback. So he was a founding member of Payback in the sword material. Fun fact too: the drive-in movie theater I think was playing a Soldier Boy, or the, at least the sign underneath it yeah. said he was playing a Soldier Boy movie. Well, that should surprise nobody. The boys is. <laughs> so good at doing those little easter eggs yeah all right um so yeah the interview with andre ends with him calling tech knight a hack and just storming off with which honestly when tech knight said what he said that gave andre a perfect excuse to just get pissed off and leave the interview so no harm no foul there all right so moving on We have Marie, who is strolling into her criminology class, and this scene eventually turns into Tech Knight's interview with Marie, trying to break her. But before that, Dean Shetty kind of pulls Marie aside and is just like, hey, like, totally random, but you're roommates with that shrinking girl, Emma, right? Like... Where's she been at? And this is a great scene because Marie knows exactly what's good. But like, she's a good liar, man. She just is a good liar. And also Shetty is so nervous that Tech Knight is around that she has no leverage really in the situation. So all she can do is try to innocently ask Emma and Marie's like, I don't know. Is everything okay? I think she's just at her boyfriend's place. It's a good counter because otherwise, if Dean Shetty presses any more about it and asks something a little off, then mm-hmm. immediately Marie knows that she's in on it, too. So I think Marie did a good job kind of def- defending herself here a little bit. And then, of course, Tech Knight walks in with his intro. 
Tech Knight's great. I really, I think his actor did a great job. But yeah, mm-hmm. he's just strolling. He's like, ah, this is where it all began. Three People's <laughs> Choice Awards, four blockbuster movies started in this criminology classroom. And he's like looking around. He's like, how about a demonstration on how to interrogate any me? Okay, Marie Moreau. Yeah. <laughs> Get your butt in the seat. Uh, Shetty specifically told him to stay away from the top five. So this is going to make her blood boil. But we have Marie kind of holding her own. And Tech Knight's like, see, like a seasoned veteran. Her stance is open. Her posture is open or whatever. Making direct eye contact. Very good. Um, But he starts asking the right questions. He's like, "Okay, you've told the story a million times, but what actually happened? Why were you there to see Brink that day? And he's like, was it was it to talk about his distaste for you that he was going to expel you and her heart rate rises Mm -hmm. or pupils dilate? He's like bullseye. I got (laughs) you. Seeing his power in action. It was always entertaining to see him like trying to break someone if. I was in this universe and Tech Knight ever wanted to talk to me. I would do everything in my power to avoid ever confronting this man. He would immediately know your deepest, darkest secrets just from looking at you. I don't want that guy around me at all. He just he imposes his will. And I think that definitely goes into the whole the whole whole fucking thing. Um, The whole truth. Yeah. Which is so (laughs) funny. Um, But yeah, I Tech Knight. Again, just making me uncomfortable here. Just making Marie force uh, the truth upon everyone. She gives Jordan the flowers that they deserve about how they were the one who held off Golden Boy. She kind of just stood in the background, really didn't do anything. And Jordan yeah. was kind of thrown off by this as well. But great great scene here from Tech Knight. And then, of course, at, at the end of the whole scene, everyone wants selfies with him. And he's the big yeah. you know star for everyone. But we know that he's just an asshole behind the scenes. Yep. So Jordan does get the credit, which is great. Uh, and Marie also admits that, yeah, yeah, you, you're right. The reason I was there was because Brink was trying to expel me and I didn't want him to. And honestly, I feel like if that news broke, wouldn't Shetty just be like, okay, or someone would be like, okay, you shouldn't you actually be expelled? Like, why are you still here? Uh, I mean, the way a vault works is that She's now number two on the ranking. She's all over Twitter. They're not going to expel that girl. Are you kidding me? True. Yeah, she's in deep enough to the point where she has been a face. enough? (laughs) She has been a face of God you. Brink's dead, man. He's old news. True. So after Tech Knight interrogates Marie, he kind of meets up with Shetty. And he's like, oh, you know what? I agree. These top five kids, there's not a patsy in the bunch. All of them should be good earners for Vaught. So I'm thinking I'm going to have to use you as the Patsy Dean mm-hmm. Shetty. I mean, you're just a regular person. You're That's what not he says. very That's high right profile. There. Regular well, person. I didn't. Did you take it as like not a star kind of not thing? Not a star. I mean, I, I don't want to assume all the way that that means she's not a soup. I don't okay. think she is, but I don't think that one line 100% decides that she's not a soup. Okay. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is now the plan. Tech Knight's going to pin the whole thing on Dean Shetty. And Dean Shetty tries to call his bluff. 
He's like, you have no evidence on me that would pin me to any of this. And then he reveals his trump card that is, oh, not even the fact that Sam escaped from the woods two nights ago and he's got her deer in the headlights. Yeah. <laughs> Shetty is going down for now. But we 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 all know what happens with that. Yeah. So quick scene with Kate and Andre. Andre is just strolling along campus and caves in the skull of his dad's statue, the polarity statue. And Kate kind of just goes up to him and it's like, hey, everything good, dude? <laughs> like You're kind of losing it. So again, I just really like this moment. He just immediately hugs her and she's like, what are you looking for? Or whatever. I think mm-hmm. something along those lines. And he's just he says this nothing. Which I think was a really cute line and a good moment yeah. again for both of them. Just emphasizing that I really like these two together and I think they are good for each other. They both are a rock for one another. I really like Kate. I'm yes. I'm looking forward to the episode where she gets highlighted more and we figure out more about her. Cause I feel like we've gotten a healthy dose of Marie and Andre. Jordan is starting, you know, we're starting to peel back those layers, but I feel like Kate hasn't really had too much to shine. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to learning more about her. Agreed. Uh, Love Kate. Moving on, we have Jordan catching up with Marie, and Jordan is grateful that she finally got credit where credit is due. But she's like, I, I didn't want you to bury yourself in the process, dude. Like, why can't you just do the right thing? You could have given me credit, but also kept some for yourself. You didn't have to tell everybody you were getting expelled and were running away, and I held him off. Like, just do the right thing. And yeah. as we know, Marie is just like so naive. She's been in this world of superheroes for all of two weeks now. So she doesn't know <laughs> what the hell is going on. Yeah. And I, this is the makeout scene. And I, I wasn't expecting this at all, but I love it. I, I really I ship these two. It makes sense with all the the, the bickering that they've been doing since episode mm-hmm. one. It does kind of spark those like sexual tensions between one of another. So looking back, I, I can see it for sure. But it did surprise me in the moment. I was like, whoa, did not see this coming. But all on board. I love again. I think this is my favorite of the couple so far. I Everyone knows I've been loving Jordan Lee from the beginning. And yeah. Maria has been an awesome MC so far. So I'm all in. Let's go, baby. I would agree. But they're not able to progress too far because Emma, bloodstained from head to toe, bursts open the door and she's like, oh, oh my God, so much is happening right now. Yeah. Uh, but of course, Marie and Jordan stop everything. Holy shit, Emma, you're back. Emma doesn't have much time to talk. She's like, listen, we got to figure this out. Sam is trying to kill this guy, Dr. Cardosa. And luckily, Jordan's like, oh, Dr. Cardosa, he used to be an associate of Brinks. Like, I've been to his house. I know where this guy lives. So they mobilize and get going to Dr. Cardosa's to try and head off Sam. Quick scene before we get there is Shetty calling a private meeting (laughs) with Tech Knight. Unfortunately, this is probably my least favorite part of this episode is how Tech Knight had them dead to rights and they're like, oh, he likes sticking his dick in every hole. It's like, I don't don't know what to say. (laughs) This kind of just tells me that the show is okay writing off any issue for like the main plot by having a childish, like dumb, oh, the superhero... I don't but know. That's the it, theme of the show is that everyone just is so careful with their reputation. I get, I see why you would have the complaints that like, of course, what's going to bring down big, strong big tech night is just, is just some, some bribe kind of, you know, 
I get where you're yeah. kind of upset at. I loved it though. I loved it personally, but I could see the the issues that you would have, the gripes that you would have with it because again, Tech Knight was like so strong, presented to be this badass, and then he's going to go down like this. Yeah, I mean, I I just don't like how this is the solution to Shetty's problem. She's I don't know. I thought it was like too easy for the show writers. They were probably in the room. They're just like, oh, why don't we make this guy like a pervert? Oh, yeah. and then Shetty can get out of whatever she needs to get out of. It was dumb. I don't think there was much thought put into it. It was very the boys esque. But usually when they do these sorts of things, there's like a little bit more meaning to it. And it makes sense given. Would you have preferred it if she plot? actually somehow managed to kill him here? Because I honestly thought that when she said, did you bring anyone? And he said, no, I was fully expecting her to somehow just kill him, to be honest. I mean, that would have been more satisfying. It just felt like he had them dead to rights. And then, look, I'm not a show writer. It's not my job to come up with a complicated or (laughs) thought provoking way for Dean Shetty to get out of this. But I feel like the writer's room was just like, oh, Dean Shetty has to get out of it somehow. Why don't we make this guy like sticking his dick into bagels or something? (laughs) And she can use that as dirt. There wasn't much thought put into it. And as someone who is not a writer, but is supposed to consume these television shows and be like oh that was very well explained and well thought out this was not well thought out i think they just had to have a way for dean shetty to get out of it and they took the lowest hanging fruit available to them and you know what it doesn't take away from it that much but this is probably the thing that made this my least favorite episode i I just didn't like it very much i totally understand where you're coming from i wouldn't say i obviously loved the reveal but i just i thought it was funny but Mm -hmm. you're right like i'm I'm simple when it comes to that kind of stuff. I just I'm easy to please. But you're absolutely right that it is kind of ridiculous that that would be their write off for him. Did I crack a chuckle when she was showing him the compilation of him like school fucking things? Of course I did. But (laughs) you got to take a step back and ask for more for from a show like Gen V and the boys. You know, Mm -hmm. I expect more. So I'll be disappointed when I don't get more. But sure enough, we see. Um. Tech Knight filming his closing monologue or whatever, walking out of God used campus. And he's like, oh, well, after my investigation, it showed that this really was a one off case of Golden Boy going crazy. There's nothing more to see here. Case closed. And all the while, he's eyeing up a nice tree (laughs) with a hole in it. And he tells his crew, yeah, just give me five here. Give me a few minutes to decompress. And he veers Uh, off into the woods. I'm pretty sure the line he says, it transitions right into him giving his closing thoughts after the reveal of him uh, whole fucking everything. And I'm pretty sure his first line is something along the lines of like, it's easier to probe the dark hole of conspiracy. And just anytime now he (laughs) says whole, I'm just, I crack up like the whole truth. Like, I just think it's so funny. Yeah. I mean, Hey, it was a good theme for the episode, I guess. Holes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, good movie too. Hector Zeroni. Shout out Stanley Yelnats. Great one. Mr. Sir. All right, let's get to this last scene that finds Sam arriving at Cardosa's house. And it's Cardosa's husband and daughter that see him first, and he puts himself in between them. His family gets away, but Sam's just saying, they're not real. Your family's not real. None of this matters. And he's freaking out. Cardosa is trying to calm him down and talk him off the ledge. And at this point, 
we don't 100% know if Cardosa is like really like a sinister evil person in all this. We don't really know what part Cardosa plays in all this. But what we do know is that Sam doesn't trust him and doesn't think he's a good egg. The only thing I'll say to that is I'm pretty sure he was the one that stuck the needle in Sam's spine in whatever mm. episode one. Again, yeah. he you know, might just be doing this for the money. He might just be doing this. It's his job kind of thing. I have no idea. We have not been introduced to Cardoso as a person, like you said, enough for me to know. But yeah. that's the only thing that I have is that I'm pretty sure he was the one that sucked the needle in Sam's back. Again, was he forced to do it? I don't know. But um, most most people in Vought are evil and they buy into the principles of Vought. But yeah. I do believe that there are good people working in an evil industry. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. not sure if Cardosa is one of those or if he is just an evil scientist working for Paul. Well, I'm sure we'll see some more backstory on him and Sam's relationship and why Sam is because you would think that like Brinks would be or Brinks or Dean Shetty might be like number one hit list, but his yeah. visions or his the voices in his head are specifically telling him that Cardosa is the one behind all this so far. So mm-hmm. we'll see potentially. So as Sam starts taking steps towards Cardosa, a refrigerator slams into him and our other heroes arrive. Andre, Marie, Kate and Jordan and Emma uh, are at the scene and kind of a scrap ensues because I can't talk him off of the ledge. And Sam is greater than all five of these people's powers combined. Uh, I was actually watching with someone who has no context of the boys and we see... Andre like slam a refrigerator like Kate trying to do her thing Jordan scrapping and then we get a cutaway to Emma just like shoveling spaghetti in her mouth. <laughs> it's like what, what is happening? It was just like oh good time for a snack. I'm like no 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 that's her power. She's getting yeah. big. She's juicing up. Um, I don't I don't know why we never talked about the idea of her just not throwing up and just only focusing on eating and we never really thought of her potentially growing big like Ant Man you know and yeah. I think this was really cool because this makes me think her power is awesome now. You know, I mean, the whole throwing up side of it, she will have to do that. That sucks. But she puts Sam in his place. I mean, she walks out. She's huge as shit. And everyone's like, holy shit. Again, kind of like how I was reacting. I was like, holy shit. Also, Um, and you just she just pins Sam to the ground. And I think Cricket's finding her own here with like her her heroism. Just, you know, one with her power. She's now finding a use for it, especially with her relationship with Sam. It'll be good for their relationship going forward. I feel like she's really starting to feel like Queen Maeve, and I'm I'm happy for her. Yeah, I completely agree. This is great character growth for Emma, really coming into her own. I do think Sam could have knocked the socks <laughs> off of her if he wanted to, but I think he realized it was Emma and just kind of let it happen and mm-hmm. was kind of just like, okay, it's time to time to chill out now. I think her voice gets to him like reaches mm-hmm. him definitely for sure naked emma too like yeah. 20 feet tall <laughs> true yeah but as she's pinned we hear marie say i promise sam we're gonna make this right we are going to make everything <gasps> cut to black yeah and then we wake up with jordan lee with an arm around marie and they're all comfy in bed and we don't really know what happens uh missy elliott starts playing yeah <laughs> And then we get another scene of Tech Knight uh, in the bathroom having fun with a blow dryer. Yeah. In regards to the flash forward ending, um, it's obviously different than the beginning of the telepathy because it felt like Jordan Lee, they had a smile on their face like in bed. So it felt like potentially Mm -hmm. that maybe Jordan Lee had experienced all the events that led up 
to them laying in bed, whereas Marie woke up with just like a shocked look on her face. So I feel like this this event individually affected Marie. You think um, it's only Marie that had the blackout? Yes. Again, and I'm only basing that off of because I think, again, Jordan Jordan Lee had a look on their face of like happiness. Well, she was still asleep, to be fair. They to be fair. were still asleep. To be fair. But to be yes. Fair. Yeah, I'm only basing it off one facial expression, mm. so that's my thing. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm reminiscing of like in the boys, uh, uh, someone having this ability. Am I am I crazy? Like I or am, I guess maybe not, but I, not I have that no I idea. Can remember, I could be wrong though. There's obviously a soup at play here. Uh, is what I'm basically thinking. Um, yeah, I mean, my working hypothesis is opposite of you. I think it affected everybody that was there. Okay. So, like, all of our heroes. And I I just have to assume this is something having to do with Sam's power. I think he's got some sort of okay. telepathy, uber-psychic power going on. My only other hypothesis would be, while the kids were trying to hold off Sam, Cardosa found a gadget that could knock them all out simultaneously or something like that. But I'm leaning more towards Sam is behind the blackout, probably unintentionally. He was just scared, pinned down and it just happened. I like the idea of Sam potentially playing a role in it because I think it was, I think I was also talking about it in our last recording saying that I don't think Sam's power is just going to be super strength. I feel like there's going to be something a little bit more to him. Um, And, so I like where your head's at with the idea that it could be him causing these these blackout moments. So I, now, I don't know, though. I, the I really other don't know. question is, how the hell did they wind up safe and sound back in their beds, too? If this keeps happening, I wonder if we'll get like reveals of what happens in these blackout moments. You know, like if maybe in next episode, we'll see, you know, what Marie was doing in this blackout. Yeah, Um, that is our episode. Honestly, I mean. Like we said, it was a good one. Probably not great by the boys and Gen V standards. It got an 8.0 on IMDb. I would be I feel like that's the minimum that the boys. Yeah, guess. I'd put it closer to a seven, maybe a, a seven and a half, something like that. I would agree um, but again, good amount happened. We have a new relationship in Jordan Lee and Marie. We have, I guess, a quote introduction to this new Cardosa character who it seems is going to play a huge role going forward. And also the introduction of this guy, Tech Knight, who kind of feels like that might have been the last of him playing a heavy might hand be. in the story. But you I feel know. like for your sake, I feel like if he does come back, I feel like that would be better for you for you i guess in terms of he didn't go down so easily like that wouldn't just be the end of him you know yeah i think he's still going to be around i mean they introduced him into the series he seems like not an a-lister but like right beneath the set like a b-lister i guess Mm -hmm. obviously a (laughs) b-lister is what you would call that um so i feel like we might see him in the boys he also got a name drop uh several times in the boys series too so i could see him in there I also think I read somewhere that he has a sidekick who was supposed to be his Robin, if you will, called Ladio. And it is confirmed that Ladio is going to be in the boys season four. So perhaps we're going to get some more tech night, uh, if not in Gen V, then in the boys. But I like the character. It was good. Not great. That Mm. that is that is where I stand on this episode. Completely agree. Um, We'll definitely be planning this better in the future so that we get more insights from more people um 
I was going to tell the podcasters at the beginning of the episode. Now, nah, Bingetown broke up. It's now just me and Brian. Like we're just, yes, we're the only ones left in Bingetown. We kicked everyone else out. We got too we famous. Left. We are, we are yeah. Binge City TV. <laughs> <laughs> we're bigger. We're bigger than Bingetown yeah. ever will be. Bigger than they'll ever be for sure. No, honestly, uh, like I said, we've been covering the Wheel of Time. I think Kyle has been all in on that so i think that just finished right wheel of yep. time finished They'll do i would it. expect him to have more time to kind of transition to this and honestly he deserved to breathe there because he was like the encyclopedia of the wheel of time he mm-hmm. put a lot into the production of that and i would highly encourage you to watch that because if you can watch gen v that means you have a subscription to amazon prime which means you can watch the wheel of time which means you can listen to the Town tv coverage of the wheel of time and other than that like i said we're covering house of usher that's going to be the new mike Flanagan thing dropping on Netflix. It's already getting great uh, pre-screening reviews and Mike Flanagan puts out nothing but the best content and it's spooky season guys. Check it out. Listen to our coverage. You can find it all on bingetowntv.com. We're going to be covering Gen V week to week as it goes out. Like Dave says, uh, next week, we are hopefully going to have another one or two hosts on the podcast so we can get some more uh, different opinions going on here. But that's going to be a wrap on, on episode four. As always, if you like what you heard, give Benchtown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BenchtownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, YouTube, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Benchtown TV. And thanks for listening. Go Gunners! You're listening to the Geekscape Network.